I think anxiety for me is where it all comes from and dang I'm like having a (laughs) moment of realization that maybe the reason I have anxiety for not being on my phone but my phone is what's causing me the anxiety wow well there you go there you have it I have an addiction to my phone hey there you're listening to the render podcast a podcast for creatives I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. content manager here at Render. So I handle all of our social media accounts and I even edit this podcast. So if you follow us on Instagram at therender.co, you'll more than likely be hearing from me because I'm the one posting and responding to all of your DMs. And I just felt like we should have an episode all about social media. I felt that it would be really good because there are a lot of amazing things that can come from social media, but there's also a lot of toxicity that can come from social media. So this is just an open conversation with Kaylee, our chief creative officer. She's here with me. Um, An open conversation on how social media makes us feel. And then at the end, we also wanted to give you guys some tips on how to balance social media with your real life. Love it. So... Um, I don't think I actually said the correct episode name, but this is social media, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ooh. (laughs) So we're going to go in depth on, um, just the really good things that can come out of it and also just the hard parts about social media. So I will get started on the first one, the good. And Kaylee, feel free to hop in whenever you're ready. Sounds good. Okay, so the first section that we're going to go over today is the good. The good that can come out of social media. And I would say for me, the biggest blessing is opportunities. Um, This is coming from me whose job is literally to manage social media accounts. And I would literally have an entirely different job if it wasn't for social media. So it can bring a lot of opportunities to business. It can bring a lot of opportunities to you personally. I know that The reason I got this job was because I reached out to Kaylee on Instagram um, and that's kind of how we made our connection and worked out. And I think she was saying earlier that's also how she got her job here at Render. Yep, literally through Instagram. So, so many benefits and opportunities that come from Instagram and all kinds of social media. Question. Yeah. Okay, if social media didn't exist and you had a completely different job... What do you think you'd be doing? I think it would definitely still be a creative job, like design related somehow. Gosh, if it just didn't exist at all though. Yeah. Like I don't even, I think Instagram is partially the reason why I fell in love with creating things because whenever Instagram first started back in the day, I would like just play around and and I had a camera and I would just like take photos of my husband and photos of just random things throughout our little hometown that we grew up in. 
So I don't know if I would be even, I would have ever found that creative part of me if it wasn't for Instagram, honestly. If I was doing something completely different, I would either be on Broadway. What? <laughs> no way. Or I would be a dermatologist. Okay. Wow. Very Those nice. were the two things that I like thought I wanted to do when I was little. Okay. And then I slowly discovered. Evolved. Yeah. Who I really wanted to I'm become. I'm learning so much about you. I, I thought I was going to be on Broadway when I was little. That was like my dream was to move to New York. And then I visited New York and I was like, eh, this isn't for me. It's yeah. too, too crazy. What's your favorite musical? I feel like people are going to hate me for this because it's so basic. But I love Wicked. That's my favorite. Yay! That's my favorite. I love it. I so good. It. So good. So good. So good. I can sing the whole soundtrack to you right, right now. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's a pretty well-known one, but but it's so good. It's the best. Yeah, it really is. Wow, so fun. What would you do if you didn't do... Well, you don't really work specifically in social media, but it does play a part. Yeah, but it was, an, it was like an important part to how I started because honestly, that's how I got the job that I have now. Um, because I was managing other people's social media accounts. I did it in college. I managed, I was like the marketing executive for a, um, organization at A&M. And then from there I did social media for the first job I had and my mom's a florist. So I did social media for her. And so I had these basic understandings of how to connect with people online how to leverage that for a brand or a business. And that's how I got this job. And it's the evolution of my career has just been different iterations of connecting with people yeah. and doing that with a creative eye and doing that with like creative gifts. And so I, similar to what you're saying, if social media didn't exist, it would be really hard to envision myself where I am now. Yeah. As much as I don't traditionally love social media, I think it's, it is such a, such an amazing tool, um, especially for my creative process. It, it can, com, you can compare really easily, but it also can lead into so many new ideas and so many different things. So for me, if I wasn't, wow, I don't know. I I had four majors in college. <laughs> I changed so much. Um, I probably I probably would be working in co-working. Oh, cool. I that was what I that was one of my jobs in college, and I loved it. And I probably would. Yeah, I love connecting people, and I love being connected to people. And so I think that that would be that would make a lot of sense. But I am really grateful for where I am. Honestly, I know. I think about that. Sometimes, too, like whenever I got this job, my parents were just like blown away that I was able to find something literally through connecting with someone else. Like, you don't have to go, LinkedIn is social media, too, but you don't have to go through a traditional like job sourcing website to connect with people, and it's just crazy. Yeah, I know for me, my Instagram, my personal Instagram is kind of like a personal brand for myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like um, even in past jobs, like that's something that you do nowadays. You go and look up a person's Instagram to find out a lot about them. And I feel like that's how I've gotten it's like jobs. Your portfolio. Yeah, it's like a portfolio. Even though there's not like industry specific things on that account, it's 
kind of shows off who I am and I pay attention to detail and things like that. And so, yeah. It's how you got this job. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it's... it's I mean, I had a little inkling, a little feeling. Yeah. Because I I think I already said this, but I manage our Instagram accounts here. And so I assume when Kaylee saw me reach out, she went and looked at my page and saw that I paid attention to the detail of my own Instagram and knew that I could also do that for them. So, well, it's funny because I've actually followed, like, not on the business account, but I personally have followed you for a while. Yeah. Um, isn't it funny how to, like, talk about, like, oh, yeah, I've been following you yeah. for a while. <laughs> I don't really know you, but I've been following you. And so, I know. like, that, that, I think knowing your consistency and knowing yeah you and your voice and you translate that through social media yeah and so I think a lot of people who I think that's why it's so important too you hear say like all the time like don't post things on your insta or online that you wouldn't want your future like employer to see but it's so valid because I didn't you say the other day um something about how when you post something online like it's it's always online now. Like, it's forever online. Oh. But, like, there, it it's now no longer your, your right. Your content. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if this is true or not. So you can fact check us on this. <laughs> yeah, send it to us. Let us know. Let us know if this is correct. But I have heard that whenever you post something, whether it be on Instagram, your website even, possibly. I'm not for sure on this. but Maybe not your website because your website's copyrighted. Okay, so... Probably like a platform. Instagram, like a platform that like you don't own. Or, yeah. Right. Um, that content that you share is like no longer your own content. It's now owned by Instagram. So. Spooky. That's just crazy. Of course, we all want to like tag the creator, but sometimes just like on Pinterest, if it floats around. Yeah. You don't. You're never going to know. The original source. Yeah. So. Be mindful when you're <laughs> posting. That's the moral of this story. Yes. But yeah, there's just so many opportunities that come out of of Instagram and Facebook and all of these social media platforms that I'm just so grateful for. And yeah, did you want to touch on the connection part at all yeah. anymore? Yeah, I think so. I used to say this all the time because for three years I managed social and all of our marketing at Render. And so whenever people would talk to me about social media, I'd be like, ha, huh, it's funny. My job is social media, but I don't traditionally love social media. Yeah. I just don't love... There's a lot of... Like we're talking about today, there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of negative that comes with it. And we'll touch on that in a bit. But I think the beauty of the idea of social media is the connections that we can make and how... If you think about forever ago, I mean, you would have to send a letter. You'd have to dial someone up on a phone call or something and <laughs> you're like how do you do that yeah, I was what like, is what, this? what is this thing that you do to connect with people but like there was so many barriers to connecting with people especially if they didn't live in your city or your state or your country like I mean we have accessibility to pretty much anyone in the world yeah if you fi- if you connect if they with, have a yeah if, if they have an Instagram or I mean I follow several people who live in the UK or just there's it widens our ability to connect with people to get inspired by people and different Mm -hmm. cultures and there's so much there's just 
I, there's almost not words for it, you know, like that, that part of this platform or these platforms is just, it blows my mind that we have that much access. And so if you leverage it correctly and you really are intentional about connecting with people and, um, reaching out to people, it can be a beautiful thing. I, um, there's a girl that started following the business account and I got into a habit of like seeing who was following us. And I was like, wow, she looks, she looks very cool. Um, Megan, this is you if you're listening, <laughs> but shout out, shout out to Megan. Um, but I was like, wow, she looks like a really cool person. And so then I started following her on my account and then she engaged with something I posted on social on my story. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see if she wants to get coffee. I know she just moved to Dallas. She may not have a lot of friends here. Gives me the perfect opportunity to like be a friend. And she's too cool for me anyway. So maybe she'll actually say yes. And we got coffee and now we're really great friends. And like, it was just that small little connection piece. And a lot of times I think we respond out of, we don't do something. We don't act on, you know, messaging someone or because we're afraid that we're going to get rejected. But in my experience of all the people I've reached out to, I've got nothing but, Hey, like, Oh my gosh, I, I thought the same thing or yeah, that's so nice. I, I actually was thinking about that too, or that happens way more than getting nothing. And if you get nothing, well, you did it and you don't have to live in regret. So Yeah. yeah, I just love the connection aspect. And I mean, that's obviously I've talked about that a lot on this podcast, but that's something that I don't think we could do if we didn't have social no. media. Just running into people at a restaurant. But, like, I don't know. I have nothing to really compare because my whole life I've known Instagram. Not my whole life, but when a I large started majority, yeah, yeah, to make friendships. And in my adult life, I've always had social media. So I wish we had someone here that was, like, you know, our grandparents or whatever that could remind us how... To how they made friendships outside of high school and college, like when you're not just running around with people, I guess you just run into them and you just become friends. Like that's just crazy that that's how things used to work. Yeah. Also, like on that note, we all know social media marketing. Obviously, that's become a huge deal. Um, but so many businesses have taken off that I don't know if they would have been able to without it. You know, one example of a business that I have just noticed they flourished is Grow Plant Shop. Yeah, I love they them. kind of, you know, went a little viral, I would say, on Instagram because they started their business in an airstream selling specialty plants. And that's so unique and um, very Instagrammable, as you would say. But people would go and take photos and tag them and now they have a super large following and now they've just moved into a Um, a big storefront space and they've just grown so much and I just think that's so cool and for us too honestly like we have like over 7,000 followers now and that's just like a whole group of people that we probably wouldn't have been able to reach if we didn't have social media we would have reached them other ways but Instagram is just so visual that they're actually able to see the events that we do and the the rentals that we rent out so Yeah, and from a business, I'm going to talk about connection till the day I die probably, (laughs) but from a business perspective, you now have access to potential clients or people who admire your work. And so you can start conversations with them to one, like secure business, 
but more importantly, to get people behind what you're doing, your mission, your purpose, your brand. And I think as a consumer, it is so cool because we have a whole nother realm of access to brands that we love now with social media. Yeah. Because think about it before you'd have to send them an email. You'd have to get on their like customer service line. Who wants to do that? I mean, God, now we can just DM <laughs> yeah. we can, like DM them an Instagram. I mean, I feel like now that you get a more relaxed, friendly approach with brands, you get to see them depending on the brand, of course, but it's less of that corporate very stuffy between eight to five, you can send us an email and this is when we're going to respond and it's going to be like a robot typed it. You're going to actually get personality behind the brand because there's a platform to share that personality before Mm -hmm. it was just through the website or through like a mailer or whatever. Now you're actually seeing the CEO Mm -hmm. jump on a live video and you're hearing about their mission and where they're serving or what their new product line is. Like you're getting that access so fast and so um, raw that it actually, it's it's it has made me fall in love with more brands and I'm all about brands, but it has made me get, jump on board to brands much faster because of how they show up online. Yeah. It's a whole experience within itself. Like- For sure. They always talk about your online experience should be seamless with your in-store experience Mm -hmm. and all of that, but it's crazy that we can feel a certain way towards a brand just by going to click on their Instagram profile. Yeah, just by pictures or a video. Yeah. I want to say too, I think the creative aspect of social media for a creative person like ourselves, Mm -hmm. I think we get so much inspiration from other people who are sharing their work or just their expression online yeah I mean diversity is a whole another point like we're seeing so many point of views that we would not get if we just kept our circle so true in person I've learned so much from Instagram literally in this last two years I feel like I've learned more on Instagram than I did in college yeah (laughs) like honestly and so many different voices mm -hmm. and perspectives and I mean it really helps shape your perspective and shape um you can hear other people's experiences and get I was watching the Golden Globes last night I never do that but COVID you know yeah. do what else do you have yeah to do? what are we gonna do now <laughs> and um I can't remember I think Jane Fonda I think that's her name she was talking about how story storytelling is essential and how storytelling helps us experience what's going on and helps shape our perspectives and gives us an inside look at different times of history and other people's experiences and it helps make us better and I'm applying that here because that's what you get online and if you follow people who are different than you and you are engaging with people who are different than you then you're getting a whole new world of perspective especially if you're tying it back into like different cultures from across the world and whatnot but I think that and the creative piece and just it's I mean we have access to so much so much that we probably wouldn't have access to and so yeah I I mean there's a lot of positive but I don't think the negative is talked about enough yeah and I don't think people actually like listen to the negative and realize oh maybe I should make a change here because I think it's easy to talk about the positives and to see the effects of the positive 
but it's very easy to feel the negative effects of social media, but not really know how to voice them and not know how to change. Yeah. So I'm so glad we're talking about this today. Yeah, you just said that we have access to so much and... It was nice to talk about the good things social media because sometimes I do think I drown in all of the bad that it makes me feel. Um, but you said we have access to so much. And while that's a good thing, I think it can also be bad. Yeah. We have access to anything we want, literally, to where there's a saying of like, sometimes you can just know too much. Your brain just never stops, basically. Yep. And so for the bad, for me... The bad of Instagram is comparison. And so I have a little definition here. Social comparison is a form of sociological self-esteem where we derive our sense of self through comparing ourselves with others. And I know I do this. Whether wow. I know. <laughs> that definition. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Whether it's someone's house, another woman's body... Uh, just people's lives in general. I compare myself and I wonder, why don't I have that? Why don't I look like that? Why do they have that and I don't? But I think we just kind of have to remember that social media is just a glorified version of someone's life and they're not showing the fights in their marriage. They're not showing the issues that they have with their own body image or the hardships that they're battling. So... I think it's just important to remember that everyone you see, even influencers, are normal people who also have real issues in their life. Um, I know a lot, I've seen a lot of influencers nowadays, they're starting to do like real life on stories or whatever where they try and show actual, actual things behind the scenes. Like, it's not that pretty. Like, actually, my whole living room is messy and I'm just showing you this one little corner. But still, even then, it's so easy to look at someone's feed and see they're traveling the world and you're just like, how do they do that? Like, how do they make a living and also do that? Um, so for me, I think it's just comparison is the bad of yeah. Instagram. I would agree. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I think that's what comes with access, mm-hmm. like you said. And I think it's, I, I don't know why, but it, it is the immediate, like, response to seeing something. Yeah. You know, like you see something and it's almost as if you can't just like admire, like looking at a chair. I mean, I showed you a picture of a house 30 minutes ago, an hour ago or whatever. And I was admiring the design for a second. And then I was like, man, I wish this was my house. Yeah. Or like, why can't I afford something like that? You know, it's like an immediate gut response of this is, I don't have this or I don't Mm -hmm. feel this way or I don't look this way. And I think that that can... Not only does that hurt mentally, our self-worth, our self-image, all of those things, but it also can be damaging to relationships with other people Yeah. because you can start creating a narrative in your head of somebody else's life and not be sensitive to what may be actually really going on for yeah. someone. You know, you can judge a book by its cover or judge a book by their Instagram feed. Literally. And, <laughs> and... And then you don't, you know, check in on somebody because their life, quote unquote, looks perfect or they look like they're living their best life or mm-hmm. whatever. But really, like, maybe that's not really what's going on. Well, let's go into the ugly, which I would say these are both just bad. Like, they're both just bad parts of Instagram. But for me personally, I think this is like the worst part is that I 
feel like I'm competing with Instagram for time. And what I mean by that is I am not present in my life a lot of times because of my phone. And um, like the fact that my thumb automatically goes to the Instagram app when I get on my phone has become a problem for me. So I'm trying to fix that about myself. But you can talk on it being addictive if you want because that's something else I was going to talk about. Before we get too far into this, my sister told me that I don't know where she heard it. It's from somewhere. She didn't come up with it. Um, but basically, it's this idea that fire, and social media is like a fire. If it is contained, it can be life-giving. It can be, it can support life. It can um, support, like if, if it's contained, it can add warmth to your life. But if it's not contained and it's out of control, it can wreak havoc, it can destroy, and it sometimes can kill. And so Dang. fire, yeah, right? That's intense. So fire, we need fire. It's a normal part of Irish society. We need fire to sustain life and all these things. So we, with fire, you just have to manage and figure out how to control it. And for as long as humanity, like we've been working with fire. Yeah. Well, social media can is like fire and it's not going anywhere. Social media has proven its worth, and there are a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of ugly, but as far as I'm concerned, social media isn't going anywhere. It might change and evolve and become a new platform and a new app and all these things, but it's the idea of the internet, social media connection online, it's not going anywhere. It's forever. It's forever. So our job is to figure out how to contain it and how to utilize it for flourishing. Yeah. So all of that to say... Whenever you're noticing it start to become a problem, are there things that you've done to try to get that back on track or? Yeah, so this was one of the tips that I um, was gonna give at the end, but I can give it now and we can talk about it again at the end if we want to. But I would say for me, the first thing that I do whenever I realize I'm being on my phone or being on Instagram way too much is I just kind of bring awareness to it And just in my head, I literally think to myself, you've been on your phone too much. And I don't try to make myself feel guilty about it either because I think that can also be harmful is just like feeling bad that you're on your phone all the time. But I think I just try and bring awareness and put my phone down. I know it sounds really simple and it's probably easier said than done because I know sometimes I think that and then I ignore the thought and just go on. But just really thinking like, I could be spending this time with my husband at, like, just talking to him, playing a game with him, like, literally anything else than just mindlessly being on my phone. Like, it's one thing if you're on Instagram for something specific, but if I'm just on there just to scroll, I'm not even, like, wanting to know about other people's lives. I'm just on there just to be on there to pass the time. Fill time, yeah. Yeah, then that's when I'm like, okay. We got to do something else. As far as like an actual like, I do this, I don't have anything. That's what I'm trying to be better about. Do you do something? Uh, Yeah, there's been a few times where, I mean, this is hard if you're someone who your job is to manage, which yep. I want to talk to you about in a minute. But yeah. um, I like to delete the app. Yeah, and I've done that. And go an extended period of time, not with it even on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that one creates an 
a very real awareness of the problem because I feel like a lot of times, like you said, you don't even recognize that you're, that's the first thing you're going towards. But I've caught myself more recently, like especially in quarantine and COVID and not having outside connection as much, like that's where you would go to get that. And so deleting it, um, I think talking about it, um, I have a, a, I have a really great friend who will check in with each other like once a month and just see how, like we both, it's something that we've both said that we struggle with of being present and spending too much time. And so we've made it kind of a pact to literally just check in and touch in and say, Hey, what are you doing right now to yeah. like avoid, or like, what are you doing instead or whatever? Yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I would say the biggest, like the most aggressive thing is deleting it. I actually, the, actually this is the most aggressive thing that I've done is I literally went on my Facebook and deleted all of my friends and in an attempt to, I, I don't love Facebook, but I get on Facebook to find furniture because I would do love Facebook <laughs> it's market. It is furnished pretty much my entire home. Yeah. Um, so that is that. Yeah. So I went on there and purposely removed everyone so that it didn't fill my newsfeed and somehow Facebook figured out how to fill my newsfeed. And it's not so much of a problem anymore because I've mentally in my head have told myself Facebook is not beneficial for me. Yeah. So I don't have a desire to get on there. Um, but it's, I'm trying to learn about how to protect myself online. I'm trying to learn how to balance my time online. And I think the more that I read from other sources and the more that I'm like learning about the actual platform, the less I'm desiring to be on it. Yeah. So I think education has been something that's been like really for sure big for me here. Yeah. I mean, on that note with you talking about deleting the app, I, it's hard for me to delete the app because then I just am lazy and don't want to have to re-download it because I have to be back on it on Monday for my job. Yeah. But I've, didn't really do this last Sunday, but a couple of Sundays ago, I tried to make it a point to make sure that Sunday was my day where I did not touch Instagram. I definitely touched it, but it's progress. I, like I was saying earlier, like bringing awareness to it, I made it, tried to make it a point to not be on it for that whole day. Um, I do have to make posts on Saturdays and Sundays. So I do, if I'm not like using an auto post app, like just getting on there really quick. I have it saved in the drafts. That's a good pointer that I did not make a note of that if you do social media for your job um, and you're making a carousel post that you can't auto post, put it in your drafts, tag everyone that needs to be tagged, write up the caption, everything. That way all you have to do is go to your phone, go to your drafts and just click post. Um, How would they go to their drafts? So you go like you're making a post and then it just pops up right at the top of your like camera roll. It shows you all your drafts. So before you go to to post the the image or whatever, you exit out and it says save to drafts. Is that correct? Is that oh yeah, that? yeah, yeah. So if you need to save um, a post as a draft, you just make the post as normal and then you back out like you're going to go back into your um, feed. feed. And then it'll say, do you want to save this as a draft? So I highly recommend doing that because then you're not, you know, wasting time on Saturday or Sunday when you should be spending time with your family. 
you're not wasting time thinking of a caption because that can literally take 30 minutes. If you've like hit a wall and you're like, I have no idea what to talk about, like spend your work week time doing that. That way on the weekends, you can spend time doing other things. Yeah, I would say setting boundaries for creating content for social media. And if especially if you're someone who this is your job or if you're a business owner, like set time for when you're going to do this because a lot of people assume oh it's social media it's like the it's like a a fun part of my job so I shouldn't set time parameters around it yeah but that's more damaging because then it just takes you so much longer and it's not as productive for people who don't necessarily schedule right now what would you recommend for them to schedule if they don't schedule their Their posts Mm -hmm. oof I mean, I would highly recommend starting to schedule your posts. We use Planoly, um, and on Planoly, you can actually auto-post your posts, which is so helpful if you're not doing a carousel, which is multiple images multiple images in one post. You can auto-post, and that means you literally just type in your caption, tag all your people. You have to crop it a certain way, but then it just post it for you whatever day and time you say you want it to it's pure magic it's yeah it's magical it (laughs) it's uh, when I was doing it it saved my life yeah because then you don't even have to think about it like at all the only thing you have to think about is if you like to do some like hashtag clouds then you'd have to go into your um and edit it or put it in the comments but other than that like you literally don't have to think about that post and you can look at it on Monday morning whenever you come back to work. You know those times where you open up Instagram and you realize it's been a few days or weeks since you posted something? Then you furiously look through your camera roll and type up a witty caption, tag all the people, and upload? It can be so much easier. Planoly is the best tool for scheduling all of your content in an easy drag and drop flow so you can see it all in one place. I am a testament of Planoly. I've been using it for years and I absolutely love the ability that it gives me to auto post and plan out my feed as far in advance as I want. So if this sounds interesting to you or think it would make your life a little bit easier, check out the link in our show notes to get started with Planoly. Gosh, other advice if you don't schedule would be doing the drafts thing like I mentioned earlier or just maybe setting certain times that you like set aside on your weekends or your weekdays to post. The one crummy thing is that engagement usually is really good on the weekends, so you should make it a priority, I think, to post on the weekends. Yeah, just set some time. Or maybe like you're like, okay, well, I work an hour on Saturdays because I – or 30 minutes on Saturdays because I plan or I do a post on Instagram. Then maybe take – 30 minutes off earlier on a Friday or like leave at three on a Friday because you know you're going to be working two hours on the weekend or something like that um, just to set boundaries. And that's one thing that I have absolutely loved about working at Render is it's one of the core values here is we work hard and we live well. And I have felt that and seen that so good. (laughs) Because we we know that sometimes there will be events or posting or whatever that take up time on the weekends or that take up more time on weekdays. And we kind of have all learned how to adjust our schedules to make sure that 
to try not to work over 40 hours a week. Obviously, it just happens sometimes, but to try to just live when we're home and work really hard when we're at work. So, yeah, I think balance is a good tip. I would batch my work week. So, Mm -hmm. or batch, something that we're doing right now is we're batching our social media content for a month ahead. And so... Um, what we'll do is we'll sit down, we'll have a meeting and we'll think through all the different, uh, content we want to be posting throughout the month, any promotional items or anything like that. And we will start planning out that content a month in advance and check in on it periodically through the week of just making sure this is, this still makes sense, but batch working, writing the captions, batch working, picking out photos and imagery has cut down on the amount of time that we spend on Instagram and social media. I, I forgot all about that. Literally that has been a game changer for me because I've worked in social media for like, gosh, over three years, maybe four years, I think maybe four years. Um, and before, I would just plan on planally, like, each week. Sometimes I would do it up to the day. Like, I would just figure out what I was kind of just not using planally to its best um, efforts. Is that the right way to say it? So, yeah, me and Kaylee have made it a point to sit down at the beginning of every month and plan out what we want to post about. And I would even plan out the actual imagery that we were going to be posting that month. And it has saved me so much time and I've actually been able to focus on other things at work other than Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like people think a social media manager, a content manager is just Instagram, but you're actually posting on all social media platforms along with... Managing all the content, creating content. yeah, Yeah, creating it, managing it, and then like for us, the podcast too... Like, that's a pretty time-consuming task to edit the podcast. So, yeah, I think just balance and, like, making sure that you're just really planning. I feel like that's the best way to balance yeah. social media with your life. Yeah, I agree. So, I actually found a recent study that said that there is a link between the use of multiple social media platforms and increased depression and anxiety symptoms in young people aged 19 to 32. We're right in that category. Yep. Kaylee and I are. Um, And so is Cam. Social media has been described as more addictive than cigarettes and alcohol. But this is what got me, guys. The nature of addiction is complex, and the idea of it being more addictive may relate to the fact that that this item, social media, is available without restriction and is accessible and socially acceptable. Interesting. So, I just... I don't know. I found It doesn't that, surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either. I just found it shocking. I'd never heard it worded that way that social media is socially acceptable. So no one really looks at it, the addictiveness of social media as bad because it's socially acceptable whenever it should actually probably be the other way around. Like it's sci- scientifically proven that social media has direct effects on our mental health but there's no limit to how much you can consume and how much you can take in. So it's just crazy. That's really the only words I know to say about that fact. Yeah, and I think this is why it's so important to individually realize this and set personal boundaries for yourself. Yeah. Because honestly, that 
I don't think that that can ever be controlled. No. And it's become something that is... Well, have you seen the Netflix documentary? No. I haven't seen it yet. I need to watch it. I need to watch it, but also don't want to watch it because I'm like... I've heard so many good things about it. Kind of wakes you up a little bit. Right. Yeah. And so I think it really touches on the, sci- the science behind social media, and and that creeps me out. But, yeah. you know, I, I think that I'm glad that we're talking about this because it needs to be something that's talked about, and it needs to be something that we all individually have to approach and decide for ourselves. What are we going to do with this information? What are we going, how are we going to set ourselves up for the lives that we want to have? Yeah. Um, instead of just being active participants in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, like, personal. Like, how much can I personally take of this content and consumption? I heard a girl the other day that was like, um, actually, I'm about to talk about a book from her, too, so I'll just talk about the podcast itself. It's called What We Said Podcast, and I listen to them a lot. It's just a really fun podcast to listen to. Um, but they were saying, literally, like, I'll watch TV and not be on my phone and think of that as an accomplishment. Whatever. <laughs> it's like you're literally just consuming more technology, but it's like, wow, I was really invested in that movie. I didn't look at my phone the whole time. And you're like... Why is that an accomplishment to consume more technology and not be on my phone? But it kind of feels like that sometimes where I think for me personally, like the reason why I'm always on my phone and on social media roots in anxiety and maybe I have anxiety because of my phone, but it's like, I need to know what's going on. Like I need to know what's going on with my parents, make sure they're good. I need to know what's going on with my friends, make sure they're okay. And even, like, when people don't respond to me for a certain amount of time, my brain is automatically, there's, what happened? What's going on? Are they okay? They're not responding to me, but maybe they just don't want to be on their phone. Like, maybe they just don't have the mental capacity to respond to me. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. I shouldn't expect that from anyone. But I think anxiety for me is where it all comes from. And dang, I'm, like, having a (laughs) moment of realization that maybe... The reason, I have anxiety for not being on my phone, but my phone is what's causing me the anxiety. Wow. Well, there you go. There you have it. I have an addiction to my phone. I think we all in some ways do. It's a funny story to lighten the mood for a second. Yeah. I tried, I was in college. I was feeling myself like getting too addicted to my phone, social media. So I deleted the app, like I said earlier. And before I deleted the app, I forgot that I um, had submitted to be in a giveaway. And so I went 30 days, like I went 30 days without getting on Instagram, without touching. Like it was, it was a long stint. And when I got back on it, I had a DM from free people. I had won a giveaway from free people of all, of all places. And they were like, hey, when do you want to come pick up your... It was like literally the day after I deleted the app on my phone. And I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. Well, unfortunate. And I DM'd them back. And I was like, I am so sorry. I didn't respond. I was on a cleanse. Yeah, all of this <laughs> happened. And they were like, oh my gosh, no, it's okay. You can come still pick up your oh, giveaway. Oh, I thought you were so, about to say no, that they ended, gave it to someone else. It ended good because it was like a multiple part yeah. giveaway. So there's like five people who won. It ended up good. But now I always have this slight anxiety that if I get ready to delete <laughs> my Instagram, I'm going to miss something. Well, so it feeds into that of like... 
I can't, I can't even get off of it because I'm so worried that I'm going to miss something important or miss yeah. a giveaway that I've signed up for because yeah. I do that all the time. Like, who doesn't? Oh my gosh. That's so true. I feel the same way. Well, should we, to end this podcast episode on a happy note, because like we said in the beginning, maybe we should have ended with the good parts of, in- of Instagram, but it's fine. Um, there are so many good things. You make connections and there's opportunities and so many good things with Instagram, but I, like we've been talking about, there's just a lot of hard parts. So I think we should end this podcast episode with tips on how to balance that. We've already talked about some, but just to recap, we said balance was a tip to pre-plan your Instagram posts. Honestly, if you love Instagram and you want to do that for your personal Instagram too, do it. You should do it. I have a planally for my Instagram account. Okay, I have one as well. I don't pre-plan on there, but I look at my feed. I know. I do too. <laughs> I'm like just to see what it's gonna look like, but. Honestly, maybe I should take that for myself is pre-plan and then you're not consuming. If you love Instagram and want to, you know, show off your portfolio or what you can do on your account, like treat it as a business, honestly. The Netflix documentary that we can link to in the show notes, um, what is it called? I can't remember. Okay, well, we'll find the name. But I'm sure you all know what we're talking about. There's a documentary about social media and and the founders of the largest... Yeah. Apps that yeah. Watch it. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> we'll watch it too. That's our homework. We'll watch it. I know that's like a scary movie. Um, okay, so then another tip that I was talking about the What We Said podcast earlier. If you know of her, her name is JC Marie Smith. She's an influencer. She's been an influencer for a long time. Long time. But she recommended a book, How to Break Up with Your Phone. And it said that she she's still reading it, but she said that it's making her change the way she lives. And I feel like that's a pretty big statement to make. For sure. So. Especially for an influencer. I found the book, and I want to read um, an excerpt from it. It's just, I w- am on iBooks, and it's um, like the little sample you can get before you buy it. But Question. Yeah. Are you going to buy a physical copy, or are you going to read it on your phone? <laughs> now that my mom gave me her old iPad... I don't think Oh, dang it! I don't Literally, think... that didn't even go through my head. I need to buy a physical copy. Yep. What the heck? Buy a physical copy so I'm not distracted by... Your phone. My phone. Okay, before I forget, there's two other tips I want to recommend. On your iPhone, you can turn on Do Not Disturb. Great. Highly recommend doing Screen that. Screen time notifications as well. Screen time. So, Apple has figured out, like, okay, this is a problem... There's ways on your phone now that you can set boundaries for yourself. So I highly recommend doing that. Um, I have my phone set to do not disturb from like 7 to 7 or something like that. So that I'm not getting texts or anything like while I'm literally just trying to sleep. Like you should not be distracted by your phone when you're sleeping. We're distracted enough during the day. Okay, so how to break up with your phone. This is the open letter to my phone. And I was convicted after I read this, so y'all will be too. Dear phone, I still remember the first time we met. You were an expensive new gadget available only through AT&T. I was a person who could recite her best friend's phone numbers from memory. When you were launched, I'll admit that your touchscreen caught my eye, but I was too busy trying to type a text message on my flip phone to start something new. Then I held you in my hand, and things started moving fast. 
It wasn't long before we were doing everything together, taking walks, having lunch with friends, going on vacations. At first, it seemed strange that you wanted to come with me to the bathroom, but today it's just another formally private moment for us to share. <laughs> we're inseparable now, you and I. You're the last thing I touch before I go to bed and the first thing I reach for in the morning. You remember my doctor's appointments, my shopping list, and my anniversary. You provide gifts and festive emojis that I can send to my friends on their birthdays so that rather than feeling hurt that I'm texting instead of calling, they think, oh, animated balloons. You make it possible for my avoidance strategies to be construed as thoughtfulness, and for this I'm grateful. Convicted, convicted. <laughs> Phone, you're amazing. I mean that literally. Not only do you allow me to travel across time and space, but I am amazed by how many nights I've stayed up three hours past my bedtime staring at your screen. I can't count the times we've gone to bed together and I've had to pinch myself to see if I'm dreaming and believe me, I want to be dreaming because ever since we met, something seems to be messing with my sleep. I cannot believe all the gifts you've given me, even though many of those gifts are technically things that I bought for myself online while you and I were relaxing in a bath. Thanks to you, I never need to worry about being alone. Anytime I'm anxious or upset, you offer a game or news feed or viral panda video to distract me from my feelings. And how about boredom? Just a few years ago, I'd often find myself with no way to pass the time other than to daydream or maybe think. There are even times when I'd get into the elevator at the office and have nothing to look at but the other passengers for six floors. These days, I can't even remember the last time I was bored. Then again, I can't remember a lot of things. Like for example, the last time my friends and I made it through a meal without anyone pulling out a phone, or how it felt to be able to read an entire magazine article in one sitting or what I said in the paragraph above this one, or whose text I was looking at right before I walked into that poll, or whatever. My point is, I feel like I can't live without you, and that's why it's so hard for me to tell you that we need to break up. Wow. So good, right? Wow, I'm buying it. So that's just like the little intro, an open letter to my phone, and then it goes into the actual book after that. But that's all I've read, and I'm like, I'm purchasing that. All, literally everything that she wrote in that, I'm like, that is so true and sad. So I think that's a really good, good one to read, just for educating ourselves. Um, the other thing that I mentioned earlier is just bringing awareness to the fact that you've been on your phone or been on social media a lot. It sounds silly, but just literally thinking to yourself, hey, I've been on my phone like way too long today or set the alert on your phone. Um, to let you know how long you've been on the screen and just think about it, set your phone down, and go do something else. Yeah. I think having people hold you accountable is a good next step to mm -hmm. pass the just saying it to yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's when I've seen the most change happen is when my husband is like, hey, um, you want to get off your phone? Yeah. And I feel Horrible. a little bit of conviction yeah. but I'm like wait you're right you're right I haven't been with you all day I've literally been on my phone all day so. do y'all ever I'm sure so many couples go through this but do y'all ever like one of you will be talking and the other one will be on the phone yeah it's and vice most, versa it's the most frustrating yeah thing and I get mad at my husband when he does that but then I do it right back to him and I'm like what is going on here <laughs> like yeah. I think a tip that I would give is the next time you are going over to a friend's house or the next time you're going to dinner with friends or even just your spouse or whoever, 
leave your phone in the car. Like that's, I've gotten into a so habit brave. of doing this, <laughs> of literally putting my phone in the glove box or in like the little console compartment. And at first it was really hard to do. It was like, oh my gosh, somebody's going to steal this. Like they're going to steal the car. My phone's going to be gone. <laughs> or what if somebody tries to call me or like all these things. And I went through all of these excuses in my head. And the first time I like actually went into a friend's house, didn't have my phone. One, you start to notice how many times other people pick up their phone because you yeah, immediately you immediately want to do the same because you're like, it's a response. Somebody else picks up their phone. Oh, you should take a break and look at your phone as well. Yeah. But you realize, oh, I have nothing to look at, so I'm just going to sit here. Mm. And that is a really good practice of just like, like that. being fully engaged, being in the moment. I try whenever we run errands to like, leave my phone at home if my husband has his phone. I'm like, okay, he has his phone. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have social media, so he's, like, scot-free on a lot of those things. Um, but we have something that we can contact someone or someone else can contact us, but I don't have to be tied to my phone. Yeah. And if you want to go really oh, no. crazy, there are some companies, I can't remember the name now that I'm saying it out loud, but we'll link it in the show notes, where literally they have reinvented the phone to just be a it's phone. A phone. To just be a phone. Oh no. It's like, do you remember the Firefly phones? Yeah. It's it's that, but it is the coolest design. I actually want to get one because I love the design of it. Wow. And I love the idea of it. I don't know if if I could actually pull the trigger on it, but it literally it sends texts, it receives phone calls. I mean, you can send texts, receive texts, mm -hmm. send phone calls, whatever. It does all of the normal functions of a phone, but that is it. You can't have all the apps, nope. all the added things. It is like white. It is a tiny little screen. Wow. It is, my nostalgic heart is like so in, <laughs> in on it. So if you really, if you really like want to just go all out, completely remove yourself from, I'm curious how many sales this company has. Well, they they um, were in like beta testing mode and were waiting. And then now I think they're fully like ready to come to market. And I'm like, oh, I actually want one. Wow. I don't think I could be, I could commit that hard. But I used or to like, think. What if you like had a phone like that and then you just had an iPad if you like yeah. work in social media or something that you only stays at work. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. I used to make the excuse of like, oh, I can never get that because my job, like this is my job. But I think that's, that is an underlying excuse Excuse mm -hmm. of, yeah, maybe it's your job, but maybe you're just really addicted to social media and the thought of being without it scares you. Yeah. Was for me. Yeah. Still is. Obviously, I haven't traded in my phone for that new device, but maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Wow. Any more tips? I, we talked about this, but I mean, setting a timer, setting yeah. a timer for yourself yeah. because the endless scroll is a thing. Mm -hmm. That's why I love that. You can now set that with your phone, mm -hmm. but actually sticking to it. I mean, I am, I have you it, can, like, set. Snooze it. Oh yeah. I snooze it so hard. So like actually like being intentional about being mindful. Mm-hmm about the time that you spend on there. Um, I saw on Instagram that I spend on average 47 minutes per day. Well, that's not that bad. On Instagram. Some people are like four hours, five I know, hours. I know, but to me, I'm like, wow, that's 40, 47 minutes. I could have been doing something else. That's that's a workout that I'm not doing that mm. I could have done yeah. and made myself feel 
I mean, that's true too. Like, I feel like if you feel like all that you want to do is be on your phone, find other things that fill your time that are going to benefit you. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, you know, watching a movie that makes you happy. Like, I feel like even that is better than just scrolling mindlessly. Um, yeah, finding a good workout that makes you feel good. I think to that, it's having a plan, like yeah. we said at the beginning, but having a plan for what you're going to do instead of being on your phone. Yeah. Because I think the default is always, oh, I don't have something to do. I don't want to be bored. I'm going to get on my phone. Mm. I set a goal for myself like a lot of people do at the beginning of the year of I set the goal of reading a book every month and I set that goal last year did not even get close to achieving it but this year I actually like typed out in my phone app um uh, the notes app on my phone and I typed out every book I was going to read for each month so I have a plan all the way to December and I've already completed three books Nice. Which is, wow, okay. That's That's definitely better than being on, than you're not on technology at all. Yeah, and so the plan thing works. Like, I, instead of thinking, oh, I could get on my phone right now, I just have a book with me all the time. And I'm like, oh, I set this goal to read these books. I'm going to read my book and not get on my phone. Or when I start to get on Instagram, I'm like, oh, wait, no, I want to be reading. I'm going to, I'm going to read. And I am not traditionally a reader. Yeah. So even if you're not a reader and that doesn't sound fun for you, think of something else that you could be doing instead of that so that you can immediately, once you note, oh, I'm on my phone and you're actively trying not to be on your phone, you can pivot to something that you're actually wanting to do. Yeah. Now that just made me think about like, if you think about back in the old days before they had electricity even, there are amazing artists and architects and like crazy people that just made up all these crazy things with their mind. They didn't have access to Pinterest and like all these inspiration things that we are so set that we like have to have because that's all we know. But yeah, if you're a creative person, start drawing or painting again how much more creative would we be if we didn't have all of like I sometimes I'm thinking then you have to really be creative yeah exactly we can't be phonies like we have to actually be creative oh Mm. wow Mm. I know now I'm like shoot is Pinterest a lie (laughs) no it's not verdict's still out on it No, drawing inspiration. I'm sure those people back in the day found inspiration from nature. something else they saw or nature. Yeah, but so. still, like, I yeah. like that challenge. I'm taking Look that. For ins- you didn't mean it to be a challenge, <laughs> but I'm taking it. Okay, here's your challenge. Find inspiration from something other than social media. Ooh, yes. Can you do it? I know you can. We'll share ours in our story this oh, week no. at, at therender.co. <laughs> So what, can you dream up anything? Like yeah. a product idea? A... Well, where we're finding our inspiration other than the internet. Oh, where we found inspiration. Okay, so the challenge is where did you find the inspiration, not what the actual. Yeah, go find inspiration elsewhere. And tell us what it was. Yeah, we'll share ours, you share yours with us, and we'll share it on our story. Yay, Yay. that's fun. Yeah. Okay, well, I think... That pretty much sums it all up, right? I think so. That was fun. It was good to talk about. I didn't realize how how much I needed to talk about that. Like a counseling session. We hope you enjoyed the render counseling <laughs> sesh. <laughs> Come back next week for more. <laughs> but, okay.
Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. I think that's it. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.